Thank you for listening to the Desert Road Community Church podcast. If you would like to support Desert Road Community Church, go to www.desertroad.church and select the online giving tab. Now, let's join Pastor Dave Prosser as he gives this week's message. So we're uh, back to continuing our study through the book of Acts. We started that a couple of months ago now, maybe, and we took a break over Christmas uh, through December to, to look at the Christmas stories each week. Uh, if you remember, the last time we were looking at the book of Acts, we saw Peter and John uh, when they were going into the temple court, and they, uh, they met that crippled man, man that had been crippled from birth, sitting outside the uh, gate, the beautiful, gate beautiful, it was called, uh, leading into the temple court sitting there begging every day as friends and brought him and placed him by the gate every day. Uh, if you recall, Peter looked at the man. Remember, I, I think I made a point of that, that Peter looked at the man. And so often when we see a beggar or somebody at an exit ramp off the highway and they're holding a sign, it isn't our first in inclination to maybe look away as we're driving. Uh, I, I have to admit, I came to an exit one day this week. I was going to make a right-hand turn. There was a lady there with a sign. I moved the car forward to make a right-hand turn so I wouldn't have to look at her. Peter didn't do that. Peter looked right at that crippled man. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Remember, Peter reached down, took that man's hand, lifted him, and they walked into the temple courts, praising God for what he had just received in this healing by the power in the name of Jesus. That's what we had seen leading up to chapter 4, where we are today. Follow along as I put the Starting in verse 1, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, and was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, and then that this man stands before you healed. 
He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become a capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. That's some pretty bold preaching by Peter in this situation. So these, these priests, uh, they may have been men uh, who had some special influence in the community. Uh, they were often very close relatives to the high priest, and they were appointed or put in position by him. Uh, the captain of the uh, temple guards that were told about here, uh, they led the guards that were, were placed around the temple courts to sort of keep things under control, if you will. And uh, so that was the captain, and he was there also. Uh, and then, then you have the Sadducees. You read through scripture, and you read about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Here we're talking and we're reading about the Sadducees. The Sadducees were uh, members of a, of a small group, but very powerful Jewish religious sect. Uh, and the thing about them is they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They were the religious leaders who probably stood to gain financially uh, by cooperating the most with the Romans. Uh, most of those who, uh, who had actually planned and carried out the arrest and uh, the trial and crucifixion of Christ were from these three groups. These three groups, the priest, the guards, and the Sadducees. Those three groups pretty much determined what happened to Jesus during his arrest. So Peter and John, uh, they spoke to the people, as we read, in the afternoon during the afternoon prayer time. Uh, the Sadducees, uh, they moved in really quick <laughs> because they wanted to come in as they did even when they were around Jesus. When Jesus was around teaching, there were always in the background Pharisees and Sadducees. And sometimes they weren't really in the background. Sometimes they were right in front. Doing, and they would be right there. So here again, we see them, and they're moving in really quick to investigate what's going on, what Peter and John are up to. And again, I want you to remember, it's mainly because they did not believe in the resurrection. And they did not preach and believe in the res resurrection. So as we read this, we get, I think it's understandably, they were disturbed <laughs> about what the apostles were saying uh, in regards to this healing that had taken place. Because Peter and John were refuting one of their fundamental beliefs, and that was that the resurrection of the dead, and thus threatening their authority as the religious rulers, the religious leaders, the religious authority of the day. Even though the country was under Roman rule, the Sadducees had almost unlimited power <laughs> over the temple grounds. Thus they were able to arrest Peter and John for no other reason than in teaching something that contradicted their beliefs. We're told that, uh, that they had Peter and John arrested, and because it was late, they had them put in jail until the next day. Pretty common, you know, something happens late in the day, they're not going to deal with it. Their religious beliefs, you know, things ended at sundown, things couldn't be carried on. So that was the case here. We're not going to bring you before the council now. It's too late in the day. We're going to put you in jail. We'll see you in the morning. 
I was thinking, I wrote, seldom, if ever, will we be thrown in jail. You think you'd be thrown in jail like Peter and John were? We're standing out maybe at the end of the, the drive and proclaiming Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I mean, we still run the risk, don't we, of sharing Christ with other people. Rejection, you know, oh man, get away from me, I don't want to hear that. Would we be willing to face a night in jail if it would bring 5,000 people to Christ? Because that's what scripture told us happened here. As Peter and John were arrested and put in jail that night, about 5,000 men came. But shouldn't we also be willing to suffer for the sake of just one person? What do we risk in witnessing? Again, rejection, persecution, I don't know. Someone might throw things at you or call you names in a form of persecution. Whatever the risk, realize that nothing done for God is ever wasted. So now we have the next day. The next day, the rulers and the elders and teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem. The rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law made up this, this Jewish council, uh, the same council that condemned Jesus to death. This council was made up of 70 members plus the current high priest. And he presided over the entire group. The high priest presided over the entire council. Guess which group had the majority of members in the council? The Sadducees. The Sadducees. So as the council met, and all those big wigs were there, they asked Peter and John, by what power or what name did you do this? In other words, did you heal this crippled man? Because if we read in, read in Scripture, it was, he was probably there. That crippled man was probably standing there. I can just see the high priest and the council sitting around him, the high priest and the 70 other members of the council, and here's this man that had been crippled all his life now standing over at the side. And they say to Peter and John, by who, what power, by whose name did you do this? As they point to that man who's standing over there now, who's now healed by the power in the name of Jesus. You see the actions of Peter and John threaten these religious leaders. <laughs> For the most part, they were more interested in their own, their own reputations and their own position than in the power and the healing ability of God. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, Peter spoke boldly to the council and turned the tables on them by accusing them of their part in crucifying Jesus. As he said, you crucified him. I think that took a lot of, not just courage. I don't know that he could have done that without the power of the Holy Spirit that just filled him, that we just read about. To stand before that council and point a finger back at them and say, you are the ones 
that crucified Jesus. You're asking us by what power, what name? It was the power and the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, guess what? You crucified him. Wonder what was going through the mind of that high priest and all those Sadducee members at that point. I'm just thinking, you know, I can relate to that. If you would have asked me for many years ago to preach scripture, no way. I think I told you the story. I could, couldn't even read scripture and understand it years ago. When I was in sales and I traveled all the time, I'd get into a hotel and I would pull the drawer open and get a Gideon's Bible out. You know, that's not so easy to do nowadays, is it? But there, the Gideon's Bible. And I would open it up. And I would say to myself, what is this talking about? I don't understand this. I can't read this. It was written in English, but it might as well have been written in Greek or Hebrew because I couldn't understand it. Until the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Lord. And when that happens, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Peter spoke to this council boldly, accusing them, you crucified him, because he had the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. You crucified Jesus, he said who was the capstone that was rejected. This capstone, it's, di it's different than we sang cornerstone a little while ago. A cornerstone, if you know, a cornerstone is usually put at the corner, the base of a building, and then you start building the building. You put your cornerstone in. That's different than a capstone. A capstone is used to anchor an arch, and it connects both sides of an arch. And that's what a capstone does. And Peter's telling them, you rejected the capstone that was before you. And then I love it, because then he quotes a passage of Scripture. And I know that that high priest, those Sadducees, all those other religious leaders would have known this because of their knowledge of the Old Testament. Because he quotes Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Don't you love it? Again, I say, I say it, I just love when Scripture proves Scripture. Don't you love it? Here's Psalms written by David a long time before this ever happened, saying that you're going to reject the capstone. And they did. And they did. Wow. The courage of Peter, because of how he was empowered to speak those words to that council. Many people react negatively to the fact that there is no other name than that of Jesus to call on for salvation, even today. Yet this is not something, it's not something that the church decided. It's not something that the Christian and Missionary Alliance decided. There's only one way. 
It's a specific teaching of Jesus himself. You know this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, what? Except through me. So when Paul quotes, Peter quotes that to the council, he knows what Jesus had said. Think about it. I mean, if God designated Jesus to be the Savior of the world, no one else can be his equal. We're, as Christians, you know, we're asked to be open-minded about a lot of issues in our world, aren't we? But not on the issue of how we're saved from our sin. No other religious teacher came to the earth as God's only son. No other religious leader rose from the dead. Our focus should be on Jesus, whom God offered as the way to have, eternal, have that eternal relationship with himself, with, with God. There's no other name, there's no other way than through the name and the working of Christ in our life. You know, as you read the Bible, isn't it amazing how much of our world Today looks like the days of Peter and John and what other people were experiencing. This past week, Franklin Graham posted a message about how he's troubled and very concerned about the religious freedoms in our country. I wonder if Peter and John felt that at that very moment, standing before that council. We saw Jesus. We lived with Jesus. We walked with Jesus. We ate with Jesus. We heard his teaching. We saw his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. Yeah, the council says, but how about what we want you to believe? How about what we don't believe? We were, if you were ever in a position like Peter and John, would you have the courage to, to speak with the truth about Jesus? There are people all over the world today being persecuted for their religious beliefs, but still stand strong and firm on the name of Christ, Jesus as Lord. Jesus said this would happen. Jesus gave us that prediction. Look at Luke 21, verses 12 through 15, as Jesus says, and he's talking about the end times and talking about the persecution that's going to be happening, and he says this, but before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to where? Synagogues. And where? Prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. You think Peter and John were sitting at the feet of Jesus and they heard that? Oh, I think so. He continues, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. 
even today, Jesus will give you the words. You say, I don't know how to talk to my neighbor. I don't know how to talk to a family member. Just talk. <laughs> Jesus will give you the words. Jesus will direct. Jesus will give your mind and your heart, your spirit, the direction in that particular moment. And when that happens, you can say, oh, that was pretty amazing. Wow, how did that happen? We're going to sing another song called This is Amazing Grace. And that's what it is, folks. It's amazing grace that Jesus saved a sinner like me. That Jesus died for my sins while Jesus died while I was still a sinner. And Jesus, through the power of giving also the presence of the Holy Spirit, empowers us to share that with others today around the world. This is amazing grace. Let's stand and sing that to the Lord. Through us, individually and corporately as Desert Road Community Church, Lord, use us this next year in powerful, what we might think unbelievable ways as we trust and fall upon you. Believe this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's commit our week and our year unto the Lord. Father God, our Creator, Lord Jesus, our Redeemer, Holy Spirit within us, we give you this week and this year. Amen. Have a great week, everyone.